0: Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another fine minicast. This week, two fine gentlemen who I'm going to introduce in a minute, but uh, before I introduce them, I just want to let you guys know this is going to be another um, kind of tangential uh, minicast because it is um, the dog days of summer, and Transformers topics are kind of at a premium. So I'm going to take the opportunity uh, during the summer months to go on little side adventures, side quests if you will, level up, and talk about some things that tickle my fancy and hopefully they they tickle yours um, in a PG rated manner. So to introduce these fine gentlemen, Brian Kilby, Matt Melvar, gentlemen, how are you doing on this fine evening?
1: Not bad, tired, but good.
2: Yeah, about the same.
0: Awesome. Uh, Aim high, fellas. Aim high. So uh, what we're going to talk about uh, tonight, the time of this recording, is what's wrong with DC. DC Comics, and not even necessarily the comics, but also television franchises, movie franchises, or attempted movie franchises, and expanded universes, and tie-ins, and catching up with Marvel, and all that jazz. The three of us are going to muse about what is going wrong with DC and why can't they get it right? So guys, first of all, to open up the conversation, I think, well, I think all three of us are, we're not exactly buying DC right now. We're kind of selling DC or at least holding DC. Um, I assume you guys are just like me. You grew up, at least when it comes to like the DC animated universe, we all kind of grew up during the golden age of DC animation. That's kind of like my main exposure to DC, and I loved DC. It's kind of fallen off the table in recent years. Um, what is your guys' history with DC Comics? Brian, I'll, I'll turn it over to you first.
1: Uh, so I'm one of those on-again, off-again comic fans. I really started reading comics um. I want to say full-time, like it's a job, but it's not. Uh, But seriously, back during the comic boom of the early, early 1990s, uh, around 1991. And uh, I was a Marvel kid. I was totally a Marvel kid, and I uh, didn't really read DC much at all because DC seemed sort of stodgy and old. Uh, But I quit reading comics uh, for – it seemed like forever, but it was really only like five or six years and uh, I picked up a copy of Ron Mars's Green Lantern in the, uh, at the local grocery store, and man, I was hooked. Uh, DC really sort of brought me back into comics in uh, – I mean so this is now, what, 17, 17 18 years uh, of being a comic reader, a pretty serious comic reader. Uh, Thanks to DC, Uh, so between Green Lantern and uh, Kingdom Come, which uh, Chris Triplett from the other podcast let me borrow, um, I really fell in love with DC. And for, God, a year uh, – pardon me, God, 10 years, 10, 12 years, I was primarily a DC guy. Uh, I loved post-crisis DC. I was really – I went back and read all the stuff that I would missed – well, not all the stuff because that would have been very expensive, but most of the stuff that I missed – uh, between the, you know, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and when I started back, and uh, I absolutely fell in love with that universe and um, pretty much bought DC up until, oh, what was it, 2011 and uh, Flashpoint, and I'm sure we'll get into that here in a few minutes. Matt, what about you?
2: Uh, I was a Marvel kid as well. Um, in the area I am, it's it was hard to get comics as – a younger as a younger child uh to this day it's still hard i actually have to drive an hour down the interstate to go to my comic book store uh i was not big on dc they did have a couple standout characters that they liked i liked green lantern i liked the flash and i like batman naturally everybody likes batman uh marvel just i don't know it just uh i like the characters better
0: it's more just a more engaging kind of well, I you know, <clears throat> I was I was a teenager roster. and
2: and you know X-Men was very much, you know, aimed at teenagers, so I mm-hmm. I fell into that trap.
0: Yeah, I mean that was an easy one to fall into. Yeah. For a long time. So guys, um let's talk about kind of where where DC turned for you guys. Uh, Brian you mentioned mentioned Flashpoint. So let's let's keep on the uh let's keep on the comic angle. Let's talk about Flashpoint. So So why Flashpoint? What did it do for you?
1: Well, so DC decided that they had to revamp things. And, you know, they they had minor revamps over the years. Um, Like, oh, gosh. Um, There was Infinite Crisis uh, that had a few tweaks here and there. Uh, A bigger adjustment was Zero Hour. But they were going in and trying to adjust things and make things right. Where you know they they had that huge universe changing universe altering um, event that was Crisis on Infinite Earths back in eighty six, and you know they were just tweaking things, which is what Marvel does for the most part is they they tweak, Uh, and the thing is, a lot of people like my brother, not a huge comic fan, but he hated post Crisis DC because, because they changed everything, but the thing about Post crisis or the thing about crisis is it was for the most part a respectful uh, way to handle the changing of the Silver Age to the modern age uh universes you know it was this gigantic event it was uh spanned every single comic basically all the characters, and it was great, and you knew that going in that it was well I assume i wasn 't that was a like seven but from my understanding, you knew going in that this was going to completely alter the universe. Well, with Flashpoint, it had the tagline, it all changes here, but nobody really knows what that meant. It was this, what, six issue Flash comic, not major event. It was just this, you know, Flash miniseries that, <laughs> once it ended, it changed everything. <laughs> it got rid of it basically completely shifted the universe. So if you didn't read Flash or didn't pay attention to Flash, you might be reading, you know, Batman and then you find that everything has changed basically after this mini series. You, you may not know why, you just know that it did. Um and irre- irrevocably uh altered basically characters from the way they look, the way they act race, whether they existed or not, um all sorts of the, you know, the entire history of the DC universe. And it was just basically a flash miniseries. And just the cavalier way that they did that really rubbed me the wrong way. Right. And I, I will admit that I am butthurt over that still.
0: I can feel that. I can feel that. Matt, did uh, did that storyline have the same kind of negative impact
2: on you? That had the very same negative impact on me, but uh, I want to add in, I didn't get into DC Comics until, you know, I was an adult. Uh, I had actually only been reading DC for about six years by the time Flashpoint happened. But what really, really made me mad about it was they said it was to make the DC comic more accessible to new readers. I was a fairly new reader. I had just spent you know five six years getting up to speed on characters and storylines, just to have it all thrown away.
0: Yeah, I could see where that uh, would leave a bad taste in your mouth. And um, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, it really just seems like as as someone who who casually or uh, you know semi semi seriously follows DC, maybe not reading <clears throat> a lot of the comics uh, firsthand, but certainly following the overall storylines, reading lots of articles covering the events within DC Comics, I feel like like DC is kind of a, addicted to the idea of reinvention, and that's just seem, that just seems like a constant with them. Like, reinvention is just o- always like, kind of like right over the horizon. Is that a fair observation with them, just philosophically? Matt, go ahead. <sighs> just like hitting the reset button. Like, like it just feels like, like it, it I feels, hear that it, regularly.
1: Yeah, it, it
2: feels kind of like an easy way out when they don't know what to do. So they've kind of
0: gotten like, I, 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 guess, like you hit that, you hit the reset button, button so many times. It becomes less of a big deal every time you hit it. Like each time, it hurts less. Like each each time, the gravity of it is is lessened. It's just, it, yeah, it's like you said, it's an easy way out, and it really should be like a big. A big deal when when they reinvent stuff. Um, uh,
2: let's yeah, talk- but th- this came out of out of a Flash mini series with yes. no lead up. Yes, yeah, yes, it, yes.
0: It, I mean, that's like the terrible part of it. But it, but it also seems like subsequently, this is still kind of a thing with DC. I
1: mean, they like I said, they would do tweaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had been f- twenty five years since the last major universe shaping. um, change and really that was the first. Uh-huh. So Flashpoint is only the second time that really such a thing has happened. Uh, you know, like with what was it uh 52 or whatever yeah, that the, introduced yeah, that, inter- that introduced the you know 52 universes. You know, we still focused on the Earth 1 or whatever you want to call it Earth Prime or whatever the hell the name was. That was still the focus of the universe. It just created this other, you know, Set of universes out there that they could pull from, which they did, which is kind of what they just did with convergence, which even though they teased it might be a way to or that it potentially would bring back all these characters that you know me and a lot of other people care about um it didn't and it was it just basically slightly tweaked the status quo just like those uh just like those stories did um. So did
0: they tease in that the potential of these returning characters and just didn't follow through, or was that kind of an assumption by the readers that like, oh, this might happen?
1: I mean, uh, art uh, stories featured these these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the name was Convergence, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I mean, it was it was it was more than just assumption on the part of the mm-hmm. the readers.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, so, guys, let's move maybe to some different. Some different types of media, like away from the comic books. Um, Let's talk about kind of the evolution of something that was once, without question, DC's strength over Marvel, and that's animation. Um, We, we, you know, starting in the early 90s with the Batman animated series, DC had a really dominant run um, on TV with various series. Um, culminating probably, I guess, at the peak with justice league, justice league unlimited was probably like the last like salad days of DC animation domination, so to speak. Um, but it's trailed off, so to speak, it's turned into direct to blu-ray stuff, um, stuff that isn't seen by a lot of eyeballs. I feel, Uh, uh, at least until it hits Netflix or some streaming service, um, what what are your perceptions of, of of how DC Animated has kind of evolved into this kind of niche market um, movies uh, a little bit away from television series? Their most popular DC related show is probably Teen Titans Go. That's very much not like at the, you know at the core of what DC is. It's you know whether or not you like the show, it's certainly not. It you know it's a far cry from like a Justice League show. Uh, or let alone a Batman show, which <clears throat> has had a real spotty, uh, run in any form in the last like five to 10 years. Batman of all characters have, has really kind of struggled to find a foothold on animated television. Matt, I'll start with you. Um, you know, what, what are you, what are your perceptions now of DC animation and, and kind of where it's at, at this point?
2: Uh, well, I loved Batman, the animated series. I love it to this day. Um. I am not a superman person at all and the superman animated series was great. Uh like you said Justice League Unlimited had to be the the top of the mountain. I mean that was the peak. There there was there was no going above that. Uh, I was actually on board with the uh DC direct to video stuff at the beginning. Um there were a couple spotty ones I, I waited, but a couple real quality ones. And then with the advent of the new 52, they decided to stop doing uh, movies based on comic stories and go for more original stuff and, you know, no carryover with voice actors and, you know, new people every time. And it's just I, – I think it's steadily going downhill. Hmm. Brian, what do you think?
1: I don't know how they sustain themselves on the Blu-rays. I mean I don't – certainly – I certainly don't buy them. And, I mean, I buy – the occasional one like I just bought the uh, deluxe edition of Dark Knight Returns which I didn't really like that much but this edition allowed me to get both uh, parts for like five bucks
2: I, I didn't even watch part two
1: yeah I mean it's not it's it's certainly not great uh, like I mean I can tell you the ones I bought right now off the top of my head I bought New Frontier which was amazing um, I bought uh, Year One <laughs> <laughs> and i bought dark knight and uh that's it <laughs> so, batman
2: year 1 was the biggest disappointment to me
1: it yeah i mean so th- it's one of those stories that you can't put on film or you, year you know, 1
2: like the entire the entire story is batman's inner monologue to himself what's going through his head and every single part of that was cut out of that movie
1: yeah, uh, that's what that's, – that was the problem with Dark Knight Returns and um, completely cut out. But I still wanted it, so I, so I bought them both. But I don't know how they sustained themselves because I know a lot of people pirate this crap. Uh, you know, the animated stuff on TV, that's, that's all well and good. Uh, I, I've only watched a couple of episodes of Teen Titans Go. I know there are people who love it. And what I saw wasn't bad, uh, but again, I don't know that it was enough to hang your hat on. Uh, Young Justice was just canceled or something, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, probably a couple of years ago at this point. But uh, oh, well, it was another one that – you know, I I, I think I, I think what we see here, at like at this point when it comes to animated TV stuff, is we'll get into the movies in a minute, but you know, Marvel is part of the Disney monolith, and. It gets all the advantages related to that. And one of them, obviously, is <clears throat> effectively its own television network uh, for animation in Disney uh, XD. <clears throat> and uh, they take advantage of it. So you have the Avengers. I think you still have like a Hulk standalone show. Um, this stuff runs constantly in prime time. Uh, not to mention the time slots that are a little bit more friendly to, to kids and tweens. Um, DC... They hitched their wagon to Cartoon Network. And I think we all know how Cartoon Network can treat properties that it doesn't own. And DC's kind of fallen victim to that in a lot of ways. So, you know, Teen Titans Go! is one of, if not I think, the most popular show right now, ratings-wise, on Cartoon Network. And they certainly aired a ton on the weekend. Marathon City. But it's not the same as like a justice league cartoon. It's not doing any favors for the movie franchises. It's not doing anything to build up a, a following for the DC universe, like kind of the like expanded universe, if you will, like you're not, you know, past your a tier obvious heroes and villains. It's doing nothing to, to give exposure to all the other characters. Like, you know, like the, like the animated stuff from 10 years ago did. Um, and a lot of that, I think, has to do, in, you know, to a great degree, to with Cartoon Network and just the way they kind of treat properties that they don't own, uh, generally speaking. Um, but speaking of the movies, let's get into the movies. So, so we all know what Marvel's doing, and and we can talk about Marvel too,
2: as you know, as we're discussing DC. Yes, I, I have some things to say about Marvel as well.
0: Marvel you know, until I would say maybe very recently, we're starting to see a little, a, a tinge of burnout or a tinge of not universal praise for the Marvel movie universe. <clears throat> but it's been, it's been a strong run since like 2007 or so with Iron Man one DC is 2008. Uh, or sorry, yes, 2000, yeah, 2008, 2007 ish, that kind of thing. <clears throat> I think 2007 comic con is when the hype train started for Iron Man one, something like that. Um, so DC's in catch-up mode. Um, they came off the high of the Nolan Batman trilogy, as far as, like, box office goes, that high. Now they're kind of transitioning into Justice League. Um, and they're kind of building, like, again, like, like jumping back to TV just a little bit, they're kind of building a little bit of a cult following with CW stuff and uh, maybe the Supergirl thing on uh, CBS. They're kind of, you know, putting the pieces together, but something's not quite clicking. Um, Brian, I'll start with you. First of all, uh, tell us what you thought of the Nolan trilogy, and second of all, uh, kind of give us like your feel, your gut feel on how this Justice League universe is starting to unfold. So first, first the Nolan movies. Uh, what'd you think?
1: Ah, uh, they got progressively worse um i think batman begins is still the best uh movie um I, I think heath ledger's joker was really inspired and it it did a lot of favors for the second movie uh but i still think batman begins was a, a much better movie and uh the dark knight is kind of terrible um dark knight rises pardon me uh I mean they're overrated i mean they you know they're not good comic book movies. They're not comic book movies. They're just movies starring a guy whose name is Batman. And they don't really – I don't know. They, they just don't speak to me. Um, but like in, as far as like where they're going, uh, I, so my, my two biggest problems with the, the, where DC's going is that um, it's taking the Nolan film sort of as inspiration for the feel – and Zack Snyder is the architect. So you put those two things together. I I am not really interested in in, in, in any of the stuff coming out or being planned. I'll go see I'll go see uh, Superman Batman, but it doesn't do anything for me. In fact, the more I see of it, the sillier it looks. And uh, Suicide Squad, you know, I I can't not see Will Smith <laughs> and when when he's supposed to be dead shot it just doesn't work for me. Um, where Marvel is I mean, God for God's sake! Marvel made a good Ant Man movie. How do you do that? Well,
0: I think I think uh, I think with Marvel, and you know, maybe this is just perception. It sure seems like there's a lot. Uh, well, Marvel itself, again, being kind of part of the Disney like universe and being having access to those resources, they can be a lot more. Or they seem to at least have made the choice to be a lot more directly kind of hands on. Obviously, like Marvel Studios is kind of a thing. And it seems like the guys that are like right there with the source material are also right there with the movie development. So they seem just to be a lot closer, a lot closer to the product. Whereas WB and DC, they seem to be kind of applying that more old school Hollywood um, mentality of, well, we're going to take these properties and we're going to make a movie out of them, turn them into what what we think a movie should be so there's some kind of like conversion going on with dc that's 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 frankly like classic hollywood whereas marvel there's not really a conversion it's it's kind of like we believe in these characters and we believe in these stories and we're just going to put them on the movie screen Uh, so there's not there's there's this distilling that's not that's not happening this alchemy that's not happening with the marvel movies and you kind of see that um now now matt I know you wanted to speak a little bit about Marvel, but, but also, you know, talk a little bit about DC too. So, so take it wherever you, wherever you want. If this is the time where you want to kind of speak a little bit about Marvel, that's fine too. But, but I do want to hear your thoughts, not only on the Nolan movies themselves, but how they've like kicked off this universe. So Uh,
2: Batman Begins was fantastic. Uh, The Dark Knight, I think was better, though it did have its problems, namely... Two Face was rushed.
0: Indeed. He um, uh, he also looked ridiculous. Like I just want to add, like, he's one of my yeah. pet peeves. He's one of my I, pet peeves.
2: That that didn't bother me. I I it's just weak motivation and and rushed story. Like they 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 threw him in the last, you know, twenty five minutes. That that should have been its own movie. But uh the Dark Knight Rises was kind of a train wreck. They were just trying to do way too much. I mean, they they tried to finish big, and they took three massive storylines and tried to roll it into one movie. They tried to do The Dark Knight Returns. They tried to do Nightfall, and they tried to do No Man's Land all in one movie, and it turned into a mess. I mean they could have possibly done any combination of two of those and gotten away with it.
1: but you know, I, never, I never really thought about that. I, I mean obviously the Nightfall part. But I didn't even think about New Man's Land, and it's it's staring me right in the face.
2: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, they were just overreaching, and like I, sitting in the movie theater watching that, I, I picked out you know exactly what they were drawing from. But uh, I'm I'm with Brian. I think they're going off the uh, the popularity of the Nolan Batman films and trying to create an entire cinematic universe in that tone. You can't do that because Batman is the dark and gritty hero. Superman isn't supposed to be dark and gritty and mopey and introspective. He's supposed to be the big blue boy scout. He's supposed he is supposed to be a symbol of hope.
0: So let me ask you this: I, I, Now that we talk about it, I, I, I guess I can go both ways on this. Uh, effectively, like spiritually, what they're doing is they're they're using the Nolan trilogy as, as like um, <clears throat> like as you say, like the tone setter. But uh, but they're. Actually, for this universe, they've, they've used Man of Steel, the first Superman movie, whether you like it or not, or whether we think it's tonally correct or not. That's the, that's the kickoff. So, you know, it, like, like, if they're going to be consistent, I would assume that, to some degree, the, this Justice League universe, this DC u- universe, is going to be told, to some degree, through the point of view of Superman. Do you think that uh one, I, I don't know if you agree with that or, or not, but but I would ask you guys your opinion if if it's going to have to be filtered through any one hero hero's point of view, should it be Batman or should it be Superman, uh, which is more engaging, which feels more correct or entertaining? Brian, what do you think?
1: Tough question. Um super uh, Batman sells better. So I mean I guess if if you gotta follow the money, it'd be Batman. But um you know, I I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll say this. I, I would say neither. I think it should be through Wonder Woman's perspective. But you know, that's me.
0: Mm. Such a feminist, Brian. Such, such a modern feminist. The feminists love you. Twitter loves you. They love that POV. <laughs> uh Matt. What do you think? Like, like, if this story was to be done, I guess, in the best way possible, what point of view would you like to see these movies told through?
2: Oh, I know they're going to go Batman. They always go Batman.
0: Doesn't that – but like you guys say, like if it goes – if it's through Batman's eyes, I mean, that, that inherently is going to paint kind of a darker, just kind of grim – uh, portrait of this. Have you of watched Man of Steel? Well, yeah, that, and I mean, I feel like I feel like that's probably through Batman's eyes. That's probably like how he would see like this story going, like your daddy issues, and it's raining or it's dark all the time. There's no color. Uh, it does actually. It probably feels like Batman. Tell like if Batman was telling this as like a. Uh, a nighttime story to his kid, like the story of Superman, it would be Man of Steel, basically. Uh, It would end in mass murder. Millions died. But, um, so guys, uh, before we go, Matt, I do want you to speak your mind on Marvel. You've hinted that you've got some thoughts, so go. Oh,
2: I have some thoughts on Marvel. Okay, they, the cinematic universe, I am still enjoying the movies. They, they're bright, they're fun, they're different enough. I mean, they're, characterization of villains is still terrible but but the movies the movies themselves are fun good escapist fun the comic books on the other hand are just in a downward spiral that I don't really know if they can save themselves from at this point because I mean to me comic books are about heroes brightly colored heroes fighting for what's right fighting villains and all we get now, all we have gotten for like the last ten years, is heroes fighting each other, heroes arguing mm-hmm. with each other, muted colors. Uh,
0: <sighs> Interesting. That's a really good observation, that, and you know that uh, that's true. I haven't even thought uh, about we've, that.
2: We've had civil war where they were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were fighting the Skrulls, who were infiltrating other heroes. Uh, Avengers versus X Men. Uh, Cyclops versus Wolverine. Somebody punch a freaking supervillain already.
0: Do you think that's because uh, I mean it's like a, it's like kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy. Is that an indictment on their on their villain roster, or is it? Uh, I mean,
1: what it's do you? Or,
2: Marvel has great
0: that's, villains. It's so editorial. So you think it's just choice, Brian? You know, it's just choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so up until recently, um, I would. I just enjoyed the Marvel ongoing series, and I would always 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 avoid the uh, the big um, event books uh, the Maxi series because they were almost always terrible um, and d c was the other way around for the most part dc 's event books were actually pretty good um, except for um, except for what uh, oh, whatever that was identity crisis oh my God I hate identity crisis, uh, but um yeah, like if you like just read like Amazing Spider Man or Captain America or you know any of those books, uh, Daredevil, oh my goodness you 're usually going to get you find something that's pretty good uh, just avoid the event books, but with that said, I really do like secret wars
2: well see i 'm against secret wars because it 's leading into exactly the thing that drove me nuts about dc it's leading into a reboot
1: yes but it's not as hard a reboot as we've been led to believe I, I i don't think and it's not a reboot it's a readjustment the characters we know and love will be there and they'll be the same characters it's just they're going to be someplace different
0: a readjustment not a reboot it's readjustment i love it uh guys thank you very much For, uh, I think, a very entertaining uh, comic book talk. So uh, we'll definitely do it again down the road. And, guys, I want to recommend that you go to tfradio.net and click the Amazon link. In fact, um, to talk about Transformers just for, like, a minute on the Transformers minicast, this week the 1984 Combiner Wars guys popped up on Amazon. So at the time that you listen to this, they may be shipping. So go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, and if you do, go find the 1984 Combiner Wars team, Ironhide, um, Prowl, Sunstreaker, and Mirage, and then that white Optimus Prime guy, and uh, purchase them. And you won't pay any more than you normally would, but some nickels and dimes will go into Brian Kilby's pocket, and he will use them to keep the podcasts flowing, the podcasts free, and we wouldn't do this without you guys we love you guys so
1: right now in the middle of this podcast i use them to extend our web hosting thank you go buy some comments tfrd.net slash amazon
0: boom so uh on that note for brian and for matt this is John luna and we will see you on the next rfc minicast music provided by bensound.com